Welcome back to America's leading higher education podcast network, the EdUp Experience, where we make education your business. This is EdUp EdTech, dedicated to interviewing leaders at the front end of technology and innovation in education, hosted by the amazing, the outstanding, the incredible Holly Owens. Now let's get to it and hear from your host, Holly Owens. Hey guys, we all know how hard it is to onboard new software, especially CRM software. You know what I'm talking about. But you haven't checked out Element 451. You can get up and running and see return on your investment fast. Implementation isn't just another line item to worry about. It's included in Element's straightforward pricing. The onboarding is streamlined because Element knows higher ed and automates things other companies do manually all without sacrificing customer service. And you'll be able to send out those acceptance letters within weeks. You don't have to outsource or wait on other departments for campaign content. Element comes with pre-written, professionally designed emails. It's an all-in-one, modular-based CRM system for your admissions department. If you want to increase yield, increase your enrollments, you got to check out Element 451 at element451.com. That's element451.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of EdUp EdTech. I'm your host, Holly Owens, and I'm very excited for the guest I have on the show today. Her name is Beth Hedler-Grunt, and she is the CEO and founder of Next Great Step, Bridging the Gap from College to the Real World, and I'm so excited to chat with her about this. So welcome, Beth. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. I am so thrilled. This is something, and I was telling you prior to us jumping on a recording, this is something that I talk about with people all the time, is this gap that exists between jumping out of higher ed and into the workforce and how we're helping students, how we're helping learners acclimate. So I'm so excited to talk with you about what you do. But before we do that, I want to talk about your journey. I really like to use this platform to share people's stories so please share our story. Please share your story with us about how you got to this point, you know, your journey into this space. Sure, I'd be happy to. And I, I share this often because I work with so many young adults. I also want them to understand, you know, what it takes to get from one point to the other. So I started my career actually in the tech sector and more telecom. When I came out of school, I worked for AT&T and it was a really amazing experience because one, to understand technology, but also I was in sales and I was back in the day when they actually really trained you on how to sell products and services. And I was, did that for about 10 to 15 years, had a phenomenal career through AT&T, Lucent Technologies, Avaya. And then I really was ready to take on something a little bit different. And I went and joined a boutique consulting firm that did strategic uh, strategic planning and sales performance for CEOs and their executive teams. And it really gave me the chance to be able to see how we could teach others on how they teach their sales teams how to sell, but also how, you know, leaders of businesses really made decisions that enabled them to compete and be successful. And that experience, I did that for about 10 years or so, really led me to where I am now. Because what would happen is during conversations with different leaders and CEOs, they would always say, you know, I'd love to hire a recent grad or a young adult, but I'm not going to because they just don't get it. They don't understand our problems. 
I don't have time to hold their hand and I'm just going to hire somebody more experienced. Oh no. I feel like that's a common misconception as is, is that the grads aren't prepared. And I, and you know, I'm, I'm glad you're doing what you're doing. Cause then you can tell these CEOs and people who are saying, don't hire the grads that it's okay to hire them. Yeah, absolutely. And I was also becoming the age of a parent and had lots of friends who would say the same things that I don't understand. My kid went to a great school. They have great grades. They had internships. They can't get a job. So we started to see this problem occurring more and more. So six years ago, I uh, initially, along with a couple others, but now it's just me, came up with this idea about how could we help young adults learn what we teach CEOs. In essence, the way I would teach a CEO how to have a strategy, how to compete in the market, how to be able to differentiate yourself. What if we brought that to young adults, college students, and enabled them to then be more successful in landing the job they desired? And that is how Next Great Step was born. And it just started off, initially, we were actually bringing the technique to universities. And we thought we could help and supplement career services to support their student body to say, let us help you. We have an idea, technique. We know what executives want. We know what they're expecting. Let us help you educate your students. And met with many, many uh, universities, different types of leaders, professors, and everyone loved it, but they weren't that interested in paying for it. <laughs> and I wasn't course, really interested in being a nonprofit. <laughs> that's always a challenge is getting, you know, like you're doing, you have this great service and you're offering these great tools and resources. And then people don't want to compensate you for your time, which is really interesting. It's like everybody wants everything free, but they don't realize that although you're passionate about it, you're using your time and you need to be compensated for your time. That's important. Yeah, absolutely. Every, everybody needs, everybody's time is valuable and everyone needs to be compensated for their time. There's actually a big issue going on right now, even paying interns you need to. So the net was that I said, well, you know, who's interested, who's worried about this problem and people who are probably are the most worried about their student or grad getting a job are their parents because they want them off the payroll and they want them to be financially independent. So that is our, the, our business is really, we we sell ourselves and focus on targeting parents of students and grads. And then we, uh, who, who are really worried about the problem. And then of course we provide the guidance to their student or grad to help them be successful and landing the job they deserve. So we're going on uh, six years in April. That's awesome. And Congratulations. Thank you. Thanks. And we've just had more, more importantly is that they have a great result that 90% of our clients land the job they desire. And that's what I'm really excited about. Yeah. And of course, when that happens, you know, for, I I've done some coaching, you know, for, I've seen a lot of educators who are wanting to get into the field of instructional design. So seeing the person land the job that they want is just, it's instant gratification. It's so rewarding. And you're like, yay, they're going to be successful and happy and all those different things. So I can't imagine over this six years, how many times you've seen somebody land the job and how exciting I'm sure it's exciting every time because every client is different. You know, yes. dealing with they're they're all different and they're all looking for, you know, various things. But finding that for the person and the right fit is is just it's just a blessing. Yeah, we we are excited every single time. Yeah, that's awesome. So you know, we talked a little bit through email as well, and you said, you know, I'm not a tradition, I'm not a technology, and I was like, no, that's okay. You know, I want you to come on the show because this is something 
we talked to a lot of different companies who are doing things on the peripheral. So I want to get your personal definition of what educational technology is to you. So, you know, through your experience and through starting Next Great Step, how would you personally define educational technology? I would define educational technology as a way to better enable the student, however we define who the student is, whether it's a young adult or someone who's actually in school, to be able to better learn because the technology helps them think or learn it in a, in a way that was not possible without that. And I think there's so much, I think actually in what's happened in the last year with the need to be able to be creative and how we educate our kids, our young adults, our grown adults who are in the workforce, I think we need to really look at technology of how can we take concepts that were used to only be available to a small few, or if you went to an elite school, or if you went to a certain program, how do we then really spread that across such a wider base that enables them to have access. And I think that's what I think the technology piece really allows so many to have access to something that was initially limited to a very few. Oh, I agree with you so much. And like, even in the the non-traditional sense of speaking about educational technology and these systems that just connect you with other people, it's so important. And, you know, we're going to get into questions later about COVID and how that's impacted your company but making these genuine connections and knowing that these things exist. That's one of the reasons I started this podcast is because people don't know these resources exist and they need to know. They need to know that people are out there in the world and they're doing these great things. So we want to make sure that we're highlighting the tools that educators, faculty, students, learners, people changing careers that they can use. It's very, very important to me. And I'm sure it's very important to you as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you've talked a little bit about um, what Next Great Step does. So I want you to, you know, go into a little bit more detail. And in this question, I like to give users like a picture of what you do. And you've done a very good job of that so far. But what are some of the services and products that you offer? And what are some of the top products that your customers talk about or your clients talk about that they just absolutely love? Sure. I appreciate the, the question. So just to recap, our sole focus is only working with college students and recent grads. And as an overall, we really help them do two things. One is to help them narrow down and figure out what is it that they want to pursue within a field, even in a chosen field, how do they get specific about the type of jobs to go after? And then once they have some clarity, we help them feel really confident. So they know exactly how to target the right companies focus on the right people and help them to articulate their value every single time they meet or speak with someone. But we know so many young adults are very overwhelmed. They're intimidated. They're, the whole process is very uncomfortable. So what we have is a really- I'm an older adult and I'm intimidated by the interview <laughs> process that exists nowadays. It's I crazy. think everyone is. I mean, you're not human if you're not. It's oh, and I, We can get into so the whole, much. you know- yeah, automated one way interview when there's no one on the other end. I mean, it's just, it's, uh, you know, it's I can crazy. We're yeah. going to, I have a question, a follow-up question after you describe this about yeah. the interview process, but, uh, let's continue with your, your great. Okay. Services. So, so very briefly. So we have a really simple structured step-by-step approach that enables students and grads to be successful in landing the job or internship that they deserve. And we do that by providing two types of services. Primarily, we either do small group coaching where we have four to five 
students together um, in an eight-week program. What's really amazing about our group coaching is that it's just has this camaraderie with all the students because everyone thinks they're the only one. Everyone thinks it's only them who can't find the job. But when they come to group, they feel relieved that, wow, look at all these other people that are struggling just like me. And we're all going to do this together. Yes. Yeah. So that's been really like a, a really nice thing to, to see happen. I'm not, th- I'm not a therapist, but it's very therapeutic. And the other way we provide advising is through private one-on-one. We do uh, 90 day programs where we do really customized support um, and on one-on-one basis where I have a team of advisors and we, and we work with our clients to, to step them through the process again, using a really structured approach. And I think that's when we were first talking, I think that's what really also helps us, helps our clients to be successful is that they don't know where to start. They are like, Oh, let me just send my resume or let me just, you know, go online or let me hit click apply to hundreds of jobs that have nothing to do with what they want to do. And I think what really enables us to help our clients be successful is that we break it down and be like, all right, everyone take a step back. Let's start from the beginning. They don't even know what the beginning is. They don't even know where that is. And a lot of it's about that self-inventory. It's knowing what skills they have that they can bring to an employer. And then looking at who are you going to bring your skills to in a really focused way. So when someone says, tell me about yourself, they know exactly what they're going to say. And they're applying to those companies that can really leverage their best talents. And I think that overall- I I love everything you're saying. Absolutely. I, I love all everything that you're saying here. And I think, tell me about yourself as a loaded question, because people could talk about, you know, like, I need more specific, like, you know, targeted information. And I'm glad to hear that you're helping people try to, you know, make that more narrow and just have an answer ready. I think that question scares me a little bit. Oh yeah. And then people tend to ramble and they start, you know, they don't even, they don't even know what to say. So we have obviously a really I think it's a great way of how to answer that question where it gives the interviewer just enough information about yourself, but it makes them want to know more, which is really the goal. You don't want to give your whole life story. You want to be really clear and concise about where you are, what you're trying to aspire to, what skills you have and how you think you potentially help them. And that's in one minute. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. (laughs) I wish I had you, uh, as partnering with me on some of my interview processes, because, uh, I want to tell you. As, as a person who's helping people get into the, the industry that they want to get into, find the jobs that they want to f- get into, the interview process is very daunting. It is a multi-step process that is full of different things like creating something or giving a presentation now. And I feel like for all the jobs that I've had in my life, and I'm sure other people can attest to this too it's been like a five, six step process before you actually got the offer. So as a person working in this industry, how do you feel about that? And how do you help people overcome those, those challenges? Because I know sometimes it'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm on the third interview. Why am I not getting hired yet? You know, it just, it's kind of a huge turnoff. So how do you help people overcome those barriers and challenges? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the way we help them overcome it, and it's funny, your point too, about how it has just all these dimensions to hiring that nobody tells you. So it's kind of interesting. If you think of it this way, students are in school for 16 years, you know, including college where they have a syllabus and they're told exactly, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to cover. This is what you're going to be tested on. And then you get let out into the job market 
there's no clarity, there's no rules, you don't understand how you're being judged or evaluated. And, but you're expected to somehow get a job when you don't even know what it takes to figure out the puzzle pieces, like all the, exactly. So what I, what I think we have done is we provide that structure and that syllabus, if you will, and giving them the foundation of this is what's going to happen, or this is, this is 90% chances. This question is going to be asked of you, or you need to understand that. That's why I go back to, I'm such a big proponent of understanding yourself before you even embark on the job search. If you don't know how to talk about yourself, and by the way, saying that you're hardworking, 20 other people are going to say the same thing. It cannot be, I'm hardworking. That's not a skill. That's not something that you do. That's how you do it. We're trying to find jobs. And when we get in that job, we're definitely going to be good workers. Right. Right. I mean, so I want to know, are you a writer? Are you a problem solver? Do you know how to do research? Can you code? What skill do you have? And I think the clarity on understanding the skill set that you have helps you better target in the market to get you know more defined. And then we guide people through all the scenarios of how do you explain yourself when you just want to talk to someone for an informational interview versus the formal interview versus the third round interview versus the one-way interview when there's nobody on the other end. And I think at least giving the preparation and the, all the contingencies of how it could go, that's what enables people to feel more confident. Like, okay, if I see this, I know I'm going to go this way. If I see this, I'm going to go that way. Um, but the things that never change are your skills and always remember to come back to how you're able to relay your skills. And then we get into what's called skill stories. What's the story that proves that you have that experience that serves as the foundation of for everything you write, that you say, that how you communicate in video, audio, and, um, and then it really you know, kind of guides them there. But we give them that structure. It's because it's hard. It, there is no real structure. You're exactly right. And it's just like you want, I think, I think part of the anticipation of the interview process is that you're really going to be asked anything and it's going to be thrown out. You have to be prepared for anything that the, that the interviewee or the, the panel is going to ask you. And that's another thing too, is sitting there trying to prove that you are good. You are a good fit for that position. Um, a lot of people have a tendency to get imposter syndrome and they're like, you know, maybe this isn't the right position for me. Maybe, you know, I, I, I felt that sometimes after interviews, I'm like, wow, those were some really dynamic questions and I hope I answered them well. And then after the interview, I'm thinking about, well, I should have said this or well, I should have said that. So um, with some of the students, I can't imagine the younger generation, they're like just stepping into the world. You know, how, how do you help them deal with those sorts of things where they're like, you know, you're saying we're going to prepare you with this structure, but also helping them realize that they are good enough. They have mm-hmm. gone to school. They have gotten these skills. They are ready. Um, you know, I think sometimes it can be very intimidating to them. Are you ready to reimagine your admissions and enrollment marketing? Wherever you are in the admissions CRM selection process, Element 451 is here to help you. Now, why check them out? Well, Element 451 empowers admissions and enrollment teams to work more efficiently as they develop stronger, more personalized engagements with prospective students. Their cloud-based admissions, marketing, and enrollment CRM platform is powerful, yet easy to use. Complicated systems are exactly that, complicated. At its core are two of the most important ingredients for working smarter, automation and analytics. At Element 451, you get enrollment experts, marketers, engineers, data magicians 
and thought leaders with decades of experience working in higher ed and ed tech to help you streamline your systems for more effective and greater yield. Visit them at element451.com. That's element451.com. Well, you're hitting on something that's so critical, which is the lack of confidence and the mental health impact of so many of our young adults that are so smart, so talented, have every skill that's needed, and they don't think they're good enough because of whether it's the pressure, family, you know, friends, just themselves. And it's a huge issue that I can't even tell you the amount of self-sabotage where people say, you know what, I'm not even going to going to apply to that job because it said it needs three to five years experience. I don't have three to five years. It says it needs this. I don't really have all of that. My philosophy is you're absolutely good enough. No one ever writes a job ad that's for any person that's real. That's for I know, I call them they the don't know that. Ones. They don't know that. I'm like, if you got at least 60 to 70% of what's on that page, go for it. They don't even realize that it's like a test that people want the world and that you don't have to line up to it. So, so perfectly. So let me kind of just touch on a couple of things. One of the things you said about preparation, one of my favorite quotes is hope is not a strategy and that you need to be prepared and putting in the work and the research and looking up person you know what looking up the person and the company and knowing if you you know knowing why you want to work there and being ready to answer all these questions is is really important but i think also just the biggest thing that i see is that lack of confidence that they'll just do this self sabotage on themselves or they'll even go to an interview or they'll even consider not even taking it saying, I'm not even sure I want that job. And I'll say, you know what? They haven't offered you the job yet. So you should go interview, even if it's for practice, but don't turn anything down until they offer you the job and then you can turn it down. You know, so sometimes there's this feeling of like, well, I'm, I can do better. You know, there's sometimes the opposite. Um, Absolutely. And I feel like sometimes that the, the people they forget the students who are being interviewed that they want to be with a company that fits for them. Yes. So the interview is a time for them to also be analyzing what the company does, what's their culture, asking them questions. So you're basically, the interview is, is back and forth. It's not just them interviewing you. You're also kind of interviewing them to see if they're going to be a fit for you. A hundred percent. And we, we are, big proponents of that, whether it's a formal interview or informational, we actually teach a technique. I call it the three A's. And that when you prepare for a meeting, you need to have your three A's ready to go. So the first A is when you finish that meeting, what action would you like that person to do? What do you want them to physically do to help you in the search? It's not that they, you want them to like you. It's like, oh, I'm going to go talk to my friend in HR and I'm going to make sure they call you or I'm going to refer you. Um, but in order to get to that action, they, the next A would be, well, what's the attitude? What attitude do you want that person to have about you that they didn't have before? You want them to believe something. I want, I want them to believe I'm a great writer or I'm a great, um, great at digital marketing you know, what is that skill that you want them to understand? And clearly you have to prove that in the conversation. But the last A is also answers. What answers do you need to make a better assessment if this job is the right thing for you? What questions do you have to ask to get good answers during your interview to really make sure you're doing it? So that's the planning piece of those A's. And then you flip them. Ideally, you'd ask your questions first to get your answers, then convince them of the attitudes and then ask them to take action. But again, I'm all about like process and structure of 
you have a plan and you're going to go into this meeting and interview to make sure that you get those things accomplished. So, you know, you're getting out of it. It's not just a one way, it's not, not a one way thing just for the employer, just to ask you questions. Yes, exactly. That you need to ask them questions. And I think one of the things is the, a difficult question for people and people that I've coached about going to interviews and things is that asking about the salary. They're like, is that a no, no, is that a taboo thing? You know, it's important that you, you ask about it. Like people, people are like, how can you just ask about that? You know, either, you know, emailing the the committee chair or like, is there some sort of range? Because why would you waste your time, you know, interviewing for somebody if you can't sustain what you need to sustain, pay your bills, take care of your family. So what, one question that I have for you is that question, is it okay to ask that question in interviews about the salary? You know, what do you tell the students? I tell them not to bring it up too early. I I don't think it's great to ask in a first right away, definitely not in an informational interview. And even in the first interview, usually you should have a range. I think usually it's funny. The question that comes back to me is what do I say when the employer asks me what my salary should be? And what I tell them is, first of all, you need to look it up. There's lots of good websites like salary.com that gives you, you know, by region comparable salaries. What I typically tell them is to say, I would like my salary to be commensurate with industry standards. So you don't have to give an exact range. You know, I think, I think sometimes first round interview is a little early on the salary, in my opinion, but yes, I do. At some point you have to, when you're getting further along, it's like, can you share with me what you see as the salary range for this role. And I think that's a, maybe a better way to say it. So at least you can get a sense of the bottom and the top end and based on your skills, where you fit in versus what's the salary, they might just only tell you the bottom end. So I always like to kind of get them to ask more, I'll say consultative type questions. Like if you're the consultant coming in, how do you get them to share or just and then not? Yeah. I like, that's really great advice. And I always have trouble, like, you know, where, where to put that question, but I really like what you said there. And, you know, I could talk to you about this all day, honestly. Um, but I want to, I want to know, I want to kind of pivot to how things have changed for you a next great step with COVID-19, you know, um, the pandemic closed everything down, everything went virtual. So how has the pandemic, and now that we're, you know, getting vaccinated and stuff, you know, it, that's great news. Um, but how did it impact your company? Life is not as I know it anymore. And it was very hard for them to focus. I guess v- things were initially quiet, but I think as they started to realize how competitive the market is, we have seen an uptick in our business. So I very fortunate for us, we were always using Zoom. We've always worked with students and clients across the entire US and some international. Our advisors are all remote. We did have an office, which I, and I don't use the space anymore. So we were already very fortunately set up in using Zoom. We have an automation platform uh, called Entreport, where we were managing our leads, where we would manage all of the workbooks, everything that we would send out would be automated via email. So we were able to transition fairly easily. And I just feel that we were just lucky because of that. We just, yeah, we just sounds like to you happen. were very prepared for something. I like mean, I didn't expect, I didn't yeah. expect it to happen, but we just, 
happened to be. And maybe more because a lot of this were moms and we wanted the flexibility to be able to work from home. And it was more from that angle than thinking that we'd be shut down. And last year was actually the best year we've ever had. And we've been um, doing really, really well. And I feel like even into this year, I'll say we have a little bit of a collision of the 2020 grads and 2021 coming together because a lot of the 2020 grads did not get hired. I will say there are companies hiring. There is really, I think the market's really turning for the better right now. But I think there's this even greater desperation that people don't know what to do. And even if there was no pandemic, most college grads are not sure what to do, but I think it's even more exacerbated and their families and their parents are even more aware of how hard it is. And I think that's why they've, they've come to us to, to help them. Yeah, that sounds like you're, you're offering wonderful support already and you're ready to take on that challenge. And of course it, it was like this eerie quietness that everything was just shut down for like a couple of weeks and we didn't know where we were going. Even yeah. like, I, it was just, I just remember that like, don't go to the grocery store, don't go do this, don't yeah. do that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is just like end of the world stuff. Yeah, look, I mean, my, my son was a junior. He was spending the semester in London and he came home into quarantine for two weeks, you know? So I was like dealing with the fact that he was upset that he was no longer there, let alone being home that we had him in our basement for two weeks because oh we didn't goodness. know if he, we, at that time, he, luckily he wasn't, but we didn't know if he would have had the virus or not. So we couldn't take a chance. So yeah, I mean, I was living it also as like a parent and just a mom and it, it was very, yeah, it's you know, very unsettling. Challenges. Yeah. And you know, I really do feel for the students who missed out on some of these opportunities and graduations and things because of COVID, but I'm happy to hear that there is you know, things were done that, you know, kind of helped that, you know, virtual graduation, celebrating them, those car parades and all that stuff. It, that was wonderful to see that the communities came together. Um, so thank you for, you know, doing what you do and, and always supporting our learners. And now I want to know, you know, you've said all this great stuff about what Next Great Step does. So what is next for you? What is on your roadmap um, as a company? What are you looking at to do? Or is there anything innovative or something you want to share with the audience that what's next? Sure. So what's next for us is I would really love to get our process and what we offer to a wider range of students. And what I'm looking for is actually to partner with an ed tech company where we can take our intellectual property and our process and really find a way to integrate it in, with a technology company that's already either talking to the communities that we're talking to or already has a platform in place. So I've been doing a lot of my own networking to get the word out about our business, but that we really have a proven process and methodology that works. And I'd love to be able to integrate it into a technology platform. So if anyone's listening, yeah. I am all open I was to say we partnerships have, we have and conversations. Downloads. We have so many people that listen to this. So somebody is going to reach out to you. Okay. I would love that. I welcome the opportunity. I have been talking to a lot of different tech companies, I think, you know, in different angles. And I think just the way I follow ed tech, I think it's exploding. I think hybrid learning and online learning it's here and it's, and it's continuing to grow and we need to find more ways. And I also feel that the problem that we're solving, we, there is a real crisis. There is a real crisis of so many young adults who do not understand how to leverage their skills to get a job. And I think we've figured it out and I'd love to partner with someone to, to 
spread that across a tech platform to, to make that happen. And then I'm also looking at writing a book as well. So those are the, the two oh, main wow. things that I see on the horizon for, for next grade step. We're going to have to have you back again to talk about the book and what you wrote in the book. So I'm going to put that on my agenda to reach out to you whenever okay. that's done. Okay. Um, so thank you. That's great. And like I said, we have a lot of listeners. Um, we've had a lot of guests who are part of ed tech companies and they're also the listeners. So hopefully somebody reaches out, you know, contact Beth. Now I want to kind of wrap things up with you. And I have two final questions that I want to ask you. So the first one is what did we miss? Is there anything we talked about a lot? Is there anything else that you'd like to share about next great step? Um, you know, you want the listeners to know about. And then the last question is what does the future of ed tech look like to you? So what does it look like in a space? You were alluding to that a little bit with online and hybrid. So those are my final two questions with for you. I want to hear what you think. Sure. So in terms of just something else to add, no matter how much technology is out there and all of these different platforms that are involved now with hiring, whether it's, you know, recruiting, hiring, screening, interviewing, I just want everyone to remember that people hire people, not a computer, not a tracking system, not a one-way interview. And I think for all of those, whether again, you're a young adult or someone mid-career, that the technology can enable the connections, but it's the human connection that still enables people to get hired. And I think we all have to remember yeah. that because that we're so with our heads in our phone statement. and the texting and the whatever, and it, but that's not how it happens. People don't get hired off of Instagram. They, they don't, <laughs> you have to have a con at some point, you still have to have a conversation, right? You still have to have a phone call or, you know, in person, something, something's got to happen, yes. you know, or zoom, you have to talk to people. It's yes. human. It's human experience. Yes. Yes. And I just, you know, we have to, we have to all remember that, you know, 80% of jobs are found by referral. They're not found online and they're found by referral through conversations that you have, not because somebody saw the keyword on your LinkedIn profile as like, wow, I got to hire them just because they had the best keyword. So yeah, I, think I think that's <laughs> a common misconception, especially, you know, I'm doing my doc, my doctorate dissertation research on generation Z. And I can see them thinking that mm. based off what I'm researching mm -hmm. and it's not going to happen. You actually have to put yourself out there and talk to people. Yeah. So it's important. And not only that, you're making these connections, like since COVID and everything, I've made such great networking connections yes. with people. And these people are like my best friends. I yes. talk to them daily. Yes. I mean, can I just tell you how I became connected to you or can I tell the listeners? Just oh, so, yes. I just think this is I such an interesting, Absolutely. okay. So talking about technology and people. So I started listening to clubhouse, which is a new app right now. It's only available to iPhone or iPad users. I think they're trying to change it. And basically it's audio radio that you can, there are people talking about topics real time, but that you can talk to them as well. And and there's some incredible thought leaders on this platform and there's everyday people. And we talk, people talk about everything from what's on television and what's in the news to ed tech, you know, startups, education, digital marketing. I mean, it's really for business. I feel like it's been an incredible uh, avenue for myself of just learning and listening. And I was in a specific room just talking about ed tech and Joe Salustio, I'm from yes, right, was out in the room and I was so impressed by something that he said, because I said, how do we fix this problem of young adults 
being able to better learn in college how to look for a job. And he said, well, because there's a problem with the accreditation boards and the accreditation boards don't change. And I just was like, so I was like, wow, that, that really makes so much sense. And I reached out to Joe separately on LinkedIn saying, really enjoy talking to you on Clubhouse, would love to connect further. And then said, you know, I'd love to talk to you to understand more about what you do and your role as he runs a school. And we spoke live and the more we talked, he's like, wow, you should be on this podcast. So this is a perfect example of taking something that was online, but bringing it into the human interaction that led me to, you know, talking with you. Yes. I thank you, Joe, for bringing Beth to me. I have thank to you, give Joe. him a shout out. That's wonderful. And Joe is an amazing person. And he, he really knows like his connections, like we connected about a year ago and he really knows like our expertise. So he's able to say like, Oh, you should talk to this person. Or you should talk to that person. That's wonderful. And I've jumped on clubhouse a few times. I'm kind of just lingering in the background of it right now. I'm not doing anything uh, live yet. But I think it's, it's, it's something that I need, we need to do. We need to do, we need to go in there. We need to talk about career services. We need to talk about it. Yes. We need to talk about connecting students with these positions. So definitely something I'm going to put on my goals list. And I'm so glad we got yeah. connected. So wow. what does the future look like for you? What is this, what is, you know, educational technology, these systems, what is, what is going to happen in the future? My prediction is that the technology that we see will continue to grow and evolve. It's not going anywhere. I think you're gonna see more partnerships, more collaboration, more companies that were not necessarily considered tech are going to find more and more ways to make themselves available through technology. And that includes ourselves. So I really feel that we're going to be able to bring our, our process and methodology through technology because it's not going anywhere and it evolves, it continually changes. And I'm excited about what I see in the future of, of how it's going, long as we all remember to still talk to each other and not hide behind the technology. Yes, as a way, you know, we're not hiding behind the screens, we're turning our videos on from time to time. You know, any Zoom fatigue, you know, turn them off, but we still want to connect and have those human connections. Like I said, connecting with people that I've never met in person. And these people are like my best friends. I text them. I call them when I need something. It's, it's crazy. Um, but Beth, I want to thank you so much for your time today and sharing everything great. The next great step is doing, um, it, you know, the audience can find all your information in the show notes, how to connect with you, how to, you know, go check out the services that you offer. And I really, really appreciate your time. So thank you so much for being on the show with me today. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. You're welcome and have a great one. You too. You've been listening to another episode of Ed Up Ed Tech with your host, Holly Owens. You can follow Holly on LinkedIn. You can also visit her website at jollyholly.me to find out more about what she's up to. Please head to Apple or wherever you download your podcast content and leave us a rating, review, and please subscribe to be notified of future episodes. This has been another incredible episode of Ed Up Ed Tech with your host, Holly Owens.